0: Everybody in Chicago. this is the Spawn on Me podcast episode 274 of our show. We are super excited to see you all from our homes while two of our hosts are in the frozen tundra of God knows parts of the middle of the country. It is my man, my Mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, that man who makes science look good, that man who makes Polar ice caps look good The I man who makes nasa look good it is sharif, sharif jackson of sharifjackson.com how are you doing sir
1: good um i had icicles on my beard today it was pretty cool um i did <laughs> not know but unreasonable i did not know but like when i went to kiss my uh fiance, she said i had icicles on my beard i thought she was joking i pulled out the phone and yeah it was it was pretty dope um <laughs> yeah so like so like uh we we record on thursday so on wednesday was the big negative 50 day, uh, with the wind chill. Um, today it was one degree, but it was not windy. So I was outside. I was like, yes, I was cheering for one degree weather. What has this area done to me? Uh, it is, it has been something else, but I pretty much stayed in the house for three straight days. Um, you know, and, uh, I returned to work today. So I had some tutoring sessions and stuff and, uh, now I'm back. I'm back, baby.
0: Oh my god! You, I'm 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 just praying for all of y'all. I'm just making sure that everybody's okay because it just sounds terrible. I saw a picture of the Chicago River and it was frozen, and I was like, "This is the day after tomorrow kind of stuff." I'm not okay with that. But to get all the word on the ground, we have my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the what, the Baron of Bourbon, the Baron of Bracago. the Bruce Wayne of Bracago's. Cicero Holmes, how you doing, sir?
2: Uh, I am doing well. Uh, the bourbon is keeping me warm.
0: Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Um, you going to stop taking sips on the radio? Hey, you know, hey, listen on the podcast. Listen,
2: that is uh, <laughs> so. Radio is the theater of the mind, and I'm just giving them extra effects. So, so now they can actually imagine it. Um, hey, hey, bruh, it's cold. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Reef lives like an hour north of me. But somehow where Sharif lives, it's five degrees warmer than where I live because the temperature currently is negative three. And that is Uh the warmest it's been in 72 hours. Man,
0: that's that's stupid. (laughs) That's that's just dumb. That's just dumb. That doesn't make any sense.
2: So, That's like that should be against the law. So like that should be a thing that is not okay, so, and people should not. A be few weeks ago, you asked us if you can tell the difference between ten below and twenty-five below, and we and we both said definitively yes. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so you can tell the difference between ten below and twenty-five below, but I don't know if yeah. you can tell the difference between twenty-five below and fifty below because yes, I can. wasn't fucking outside. to to know the difference so so i did have to go
1: outside to take my dog out when it was about 20 below um i wanted to do that because i I wasn't going to take her out at 50 below um yeah and i knew she you know we had like pee pads around the house because we knew that we wouldn't be able to take her out a lot but like i was like yo i gotta take her out at least once so i went out there at 20 below it was pretty bad but I remember the first year that I was here during that polar vortex in 2013 and I went outside when it was 50 below because my job wasn't closed. Uh, so I went outside and it was Mm. remarkably worse than (laughs)
2: 20. That is a, that is a very kind euphemism. It's almost like a logarithmic
1: scale. It's like, (laughs) like every, every one is like really like a thousand. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't I don't understand how and why that's a thing. Yeah but it sounds
2: like that's a thing. Yeah, yo uh I don't get it. Uh and so the uh, I really, really, really wanted to leave my house today. Um yeah. because I, like many other New Yorkers, received some terrible news today. Oh god, yes. Really quickly though. Yes. Um for those of you who don't know, the present god the unicorn himself, the Latvian lover in the Thames. <laughs> Chris Stapp's number six Przingis is a Nick no longer. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: I wish I had like the, the
2: Undertaker music right now. Right. To be like, oh, right. man. So they traded him. Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. Fine. Right. Well, Who we drafted, traded, and then brought back at a premium, like I as like a sorry him. for trading him. We gave him a great contract. Too great. Uh, yeah, too great. And uh who else did we send? Who else did we send over there? It was uh a whole bunch of other people who sucked. No, it That's was, the it was a it was, <laughs> it was it was a third person. I can't remember Courtney <laughs> Lee. Courtney, Courtney Lee. Lee. Courtney One. Lee, who hasn't played this season. It was not but basically. In his we yeah, right. So we traded our two shooting guards. Yep. Right. We traded our two shooting guards and the only star we had for Dennis Smith Jr., a guy we should have drafted instead of Frank Kina, Wesley Matthews, who we're going to get rid of, and DeAndre Jordan, who we're going to get rid of. Yep. And a draft pick for Chris Staff's Well, supposedly
0: we're going to get $75 million worth of cap room if they all get bought. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we can hopefully get A.D. or Kyrie. Kyrie's not coming. Or somebody. Yo, I'm just. Yeah, I'm nobody, just nobody's coming.
2: I, I, man, I'm telling I'm telling y'all right now, dead ass. If if this doesn't work, I'm done. I'm done. You I've, ain't done. Yo, you I'm, I'm, done. 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 I'm done, done. I'm done with the Knicks. No, I'm done with the Knicks. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No, you're not. If this doesn't work, I'm done. This is the last straw. This is the last dude, straw. Dude, dude. Do me. you
1: know Mark? Mark. Do you know words. how tempted I am? I'm living in the city with the Eastern Conference number one team, the Milwaukee Bucks. It would be so yeah. easy for me to jump yep. ship and yep. ride that bandwagon it'd be so yep. easy
0: but i'm I'm not doing it's it. reasonable Kendrick. hey hey we yeah. we should we should we should definitely think we were, we're gonna talk about this more on a episode yeah. of so mad yeah um yeah, so we bad. have to talk about this because it's like big news and we will definitely get the chance to ask our guests this week their thoughts about all the poor Zingus news oh, yeah. and everything else See, uh, I will give you the pleasure of sharing out who our guest is this week.
2: Oh, man. All right. Uh, so I've been a fan of this gentleman for a very, very long time. Um, uh, I r- knew of his work at OXM, but I really um, got to figure out what, who he was after he took over the IGN Xbox podcast, which was formerly called Three of Red Lights. And it was like, if our podcast was uh, just a bunch of drunk people that were high all the time, (laughs) it was the best (laughs) podcast ever. Uh, And he came in and he completely changed the format and made it an actual serious podcast about Xbox gaming and, and turned it into the number one Xbox podcast in the world. Uh, And uh, he's just been phenomenal Uh, And one of the things that I love about him is he's got the perfect voice for podcasting. Um, He is a fantastic guy uh, that I got to meet from IGN's podcast unlock from IGN's unfiltered. He rides the lightning he is the one and only Mr. Ryan McCaffrey. Ryan, how you doing, man?
3: I am gonna go because that intro <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Right. There's there's nowhere to go but down after that intro. Can you uh can you follow me around all day? Just say that intro. You know, yeah, I think I need that to, to get through the day. That was incredible. That was a very kind welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's uh it's funny about when I first got to IGN and took over unlocked and i completely burned the format to the ground yes. uh there were a lot of people that didn't they were like get this guy out of here we don't like this because yeah. you know what you know people get it a th- get into a thing that they like yeah. and people li- they don't like change you know right. inherently human it. beings do not like change so there was a there was a good long period where people were just saying you know forget it get out of here don't want yeah. you here but you know those people either end up giving you a chance and they come around or they just move on and listen to one of the other 6,000 Xbox podcasts. So (laughs) thankfully I don't get a lot of that, get out of here stuff anymore. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting when I first first arrived.
2: Yeah. What was that? Like six, six years ago? It's, uh, uh,
3: six and a half years, almost. Yeah. It's the better part of seven, seven years. Not quite. It's not seven yet.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, for those of you who, uh, have never heard it. It is on YouTube. Three red lights. Um, helmed uh, most infamously by Hillary Goldstein was just a hot mess podcast. It was, it was brilliant that way. Uh, and Ryan, you know, he put, he put big boy pants on the Xbox and, and, and the Xbox and the Xbox podcasting family um, really changed a lot of uh, how IGN does podcasting. Cause I think, for the most part and you know i know that podcast uh uh beyond has has an established following and stuff like that but i really think that when you came in you changed a lot of the the format and how in terms of how uh production of of the xbox podcast or 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 ign's podcast would would uh would go
3: i don't know if i'd quite give myself that much credit i mean you, you got i mean you know greg and colin were had sure. been doing beyond for a while and they had their right. own their own style and their own format right. that you know a lot of people uh loved and and then you had uh damon has been hosting game scoop longer than any of us have have right. been around yeah 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 so yeah, yeah i mean yeah. uh nintendo voice chats changed hands a few times but you know yeah it's you know for me uh it's i, I just i grew up uh kind of the last generation i'm I'm 38 years old and i'm you know i feel like i'm the last generation of people that that really grew up with fm radio as a as like a a thing that was a part of your life oh for sure and you know i always i was always fascinated by radio i i uh, almost i probably would have gone into radio had i not been lucky enough to get the dream job of working in games media and you know i've been a howard stern listener for 20 plus years so, you know, I just I, I always kind of was fascinated with radio and, and wanted to when when the opportunity came up to to do a podcast at, at work, which, you know, started, as you you mentioned, back at OXM, I just jumped at it. It's like, yeah, that's it. I get to scratch that itch for free, basically, you know, without without having to leave this awesome job. I get to still right. do this and do, you know, not that podcasting is real radio per se, but it's you know, it, it's still an exercise in. In broadcasting from to varying degrees of of professionalism, depending on what you 're going for but <laughs> you know it's yeah it's always been fun for me and i've i've been yeah i've i've done now gosh i mean let's see i did a just under three hundred episodes of k o x m wow, and now i'm wow. over three hundred episodes wow. of unlocked and i've done 180 something episodes of my tesla podcast which yeah. is my little side project so yeah we'll talk you know, I've, about i've that. got you know i guess the, the what the malcolm gladwell thing about 10,000 hours right so yeah I'm, yeah i mean yeah. I, i'm on my way i'll tell you <laughs> that much i'm right. on my way towards that <laughs> right <laughs> oh my goodness so um you
2: know i i do want to talk about first first and foremost where did was it a natural love for all things xbox was it a natural love for all things video games or or uh you know which of those things kind of happened uh, more naturally was it just the love of video games as as a as a uh, as a genre or or did the oxm job really start to to um, scratch that itch for you
3: Oh, I, I never would have gotten that job had I not been a, a a hardcore gamer who also, you know, had just gotten a journalism degree. I, I've been gaming since the original Nintendo, uh, nice. which I, which I, again, I feel like I was sort of the perfect age for. Um, I mean, it, I guess the NES came out in what '85 in the US. Right. Right. Um, I didn't get it into my life. Let's see, I got mine in. I used my first communion money to buy it. Nice. Uh, that was, I want to say nice. 88 or 89 and, you know, had played it at friends' houses before that. So, yeah, I mean, it was Nintendo for me. And then uh, the 16 bit era, um, my, my best friend, Robert and I decided, Hey, you know what? We like, we, we kind of, we, we took a left turn. We decided let's, we like this turbo graphics 16. Nice. Let's get that. So <laughs> we each got that. And then uh. I, you know, I I ended up owning a lot of the systems, but never more than one at the same time. I'd always have to okay. trade one in because my you know I, I was as middle class as it got, just like dead middle of the road. Um, so yeah, I would trade that in and use like birthday money. I think I, I went to Genesis after the Turbo Graphics and right. had a Super NES at one point. Um, yeah, before and, and just on on all the way through. And I was when I got to OXM, I was actually a a I'd been a. Diehard PC gamer for many years, huh. um, but uh, yeah, ended up just. I mean, thankfully, it kind of worked out organically for me that the the Xbox kind of became. It was sort of the the closest of the consoles at the time to a PC in terms of the in terms of the games library. You know, sure. you had you had a lot of first person shooters right. on the original Xbox. You had uh, you had just more PC type experiences, I think, relative to. You know the the PS two, which was you know all JRPGs is, uh, and and not a lot of shooters and things, and then of course Nintendo just doing their own thing uh, right. with the with the GameCube. So now I've been I've been a gamer for thirty years, which uh, makes wow. That even saying that out loud makes me feel real old. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bro, you you
2: so you you happen to be the youngest person of the four of us right here. So uh, I'll take that. We, we yeah we've we've said that all. We're kind of the same. <laughs> plenty I'm of plenty of you. times. We're tied. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I don't, I don't count like, you. You like,
3: got, like, got, got like, icicles in your just, beard. just, like, distance himself right. from, yeah. <laughs> from our ages. He right. was like, I'm 38, 38 too. Man. Yes. I'm not old
4: like right. you, too. There, right. there is a
3: fun little uh, anecdote. I've said this before, but uh, if, uh, in case your listeners haven't heard this, the my sort of secret story, I couldn't really say that. I couldn't admit this for a number of years until I'd really established myself in this line of work, but uh, I didn't actually own an Xbox, until, uh, they, until they gave me the interview. So they said, all right, we're going nice. to... OXM says, we're going to fly you out for a job interview. And so at that point, I said, okay, I guess I better go to the store and buy one of these things. And I bought an original Xbox, and I bought it right before a big price drop, too. But uh, ah, yeah, perfect. what can you do? But uh, yeah, I bought the original Xbox with Halo, and uh, yeah, just started to get up to speed a little bit. And then, of nice. course, the rest is history. Duke Duke Controller? Uh, I think at that point, boy, I think the controller. Hey, you know what? I don't actually remember now. Oh, if that, if that first I one, I don't know. I don't know. That was uh, that was let's see. So the I would have bought it in maybe around August or September. Now it was probably August of uh, 2002. So I'm not sure if the controller S had had shipped in the United States quite yet. Right.
4: Mm.
2: so oh, all right yeah. all right here first the first of your lightning questions ryan mm-hmm. you're ready i'm ready favorite console or platform ever your criteria is your criteria what is your number one
3: Ooh, i mean it's uh it, it's it definitely comes down to to either the pc i know that's such like a cop-out answer just that the, i had so many incredible experiences so doom doom in 1993 right. was the game that made me a PC gamer. Um sure. and you know, you mm. guys since you guys are all <laughs> of yeah. the of my age, yes. you know that like back then it's like a a person a, a PC was not an automatic thing in anybody's household. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So right. and they were expensive, you know, three yeah. three grand, maybe four, uh for, you know, a PC monitor and a printer and um so it was it was after Doom I'd played it at a friend's house where I just was like, Holy crap, this is that was a paradigm shift. There oh, for sure. there are a, a small handful of games for right. me that are that are paradigm shift kind of games. where they just completely change your thinking about video games. Grand Theft Auto 3 is one of those games, yeah. I think. I mean the original yeah. the original Super Mario Brothers because that was my first game, period. Right. Um, Halo 2 is probably in that mix because of the with yeah. the multiplayer. Multiplayer. It's yeah. uh but yeah, Doom Doom was that was one of those games for me, and uh, I was able to convince my parents to get us a, a PC like a year later, after, a year after Doom came out. Um, so it's, you know, I guess if I would, a PC is kind of a cop-out answer, but if I narrow it from like, say, 93 to, to 03, like that 10-year period, right. uh, I would say that. But, but otherwise, uh, if, I'm, if we're talking console, it's the 360.
0: 360, 360 had such a fantastic... It lineup. was an
3: unreal lineup. I mean, and we didn't even realize how good we had it at the time. It, but it was just, like... Yeah. Right from, like, the first year of that console. Like, right. the launch lineup itself was... It was big. It was, like, 18 games. Right. And it was it was very good, but it, there was no killer app. There, there was no Halo. Um, but you had... We, call we had it... Perfect Dark Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I think that game gets... Uh, a bad. Rap. It's it's a little bit of a bad it rap. Does. It's not a bad yeah. game at it all. Does. It's actually yeah. a pretty fun game.
2: It, it was a it yeah. was a really fun multiplayer.
3: game. Yeah, but um, you know you had Call of Duty two, which yes. which was probably yes. the best of the lawn. I mean, and of course that was the game that that turned yes. Call of Duty into Call of Duty. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. And then uh, Condemned, very oh, underrated. Yes. Oh my gosh, just yes. unbelievable! What a uh, yeah. so and, good. And then uh, uh, Project Goth- Gotham, Gotham Racing three. Yes. Yes, it was three you know, that launched with yes. the 360. So well, yeah, like, well, you had China.
2: Yeah. You drove through Chinatown.
3: Yeah, you had. I mean, you had those three yeah. games as day one launch titles, and then in the first, let's see here, it launched November 22nd. So then you had a uh, what three four months later, you had you had The Elder Scrolls IV: Oblivion, right, and mm-hmm. and. uh I guess Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter hasn't hasn't aged quite as well as like Oblivion. But Bro has, but, was great. But at the time, yeah. I mean, yeah, this, both so of those great. were not only just technological. you just your jaw dropped when you looked yes. at both of those games. Yes. But they were they were both phenomenal games too. Oblivion's yes. still my favorite Elder Scrolls game.
0: I can, I can rock with that. I mean, it, it feels like go ahead. No, go ahead, no. no, just
3: real quick though. F- finishing off the the rest. So that's that's only the first four months. Then within the first year, we got. Dead Rising, Bioshock, and at the tail end of that first year, Gears of War. That yeah. is an oh, unbelievable yeah. Yeah. year one for a console. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. And that was yeah. that all wow. of that happened before the PS three came wow. out. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> that's
2: yeah, that's probably second only to the Switch launch, uh, in terms of if you look at ti- like, like magnitude. Yeah, magnitude of yeah, time. I actually yeah. never put that like together mm. that
1: all those Xbox launch launched that early. Um, and, and yeah, I think that the 360, while it wouldn't be my pick, it's a great pick because you also just have to think about how much of a gamble Xbox live was like to tell people Mm -hmm. that you're going to pay for online service when that infrastructure, like, like, you know, I I remember when I first heard about that, I was like, no way that's going to work, especially because I was mainly playing PC games at the time as well. Um, and like I was like, there's no way that they're gonna get people to pay, you know, to um, play.
3: Well, um, Halo yeah. Two already did convinced you to do that on oh, right, the on right, the original on, on the Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. And Rain- Rainbow Six Three. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I. I
1: Honestly, I thought most people they would have been on that free um, gold. I think it or silver. I think it was. Um, right. I thought that most people yeah. would have been on that and not paid. But man, they
2: sure proved me wrong because that. Yep. Yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah, I was. Uh, You don't know anything about business Reef, (laughs) 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 or math. Oh God. That, that is a lie and a half.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm, that we've kind of gone down that kind of pathway and that part of the conversation. I'm kind of curious, Ryan, you know, we've seen so many different generational shifts happen within all the platforms that we've seen and kind of, you know, over the 20 to 30 years that we've been all gaming at this point. Um, do you remember a specific moment besides kind of the 360 launch and that kind of lineup being in the space, where you know I we all grew up in the in the age of Pong, and being able to see that kind of be the first kind of major step in gaming, and then seeing you know where we're at now where we have photorealistic stuff uh, that we get a chance to play. Do you remember a very specific part in that kind of long timeline where you said, "Oh my goodness, we're in a new space now. We're in we're seeing things now." that when I was a kid, I just didn't expect to ever be a thing.
3: That's a great question. I mean, there've been, there've been a lot of those over the years. That's the thing i I had mm. to, I mean, there was, there was a point, you know, the, the Sega CD or the TurboGrafx CD <laughs> a- ROM yeah. add on where, you know, they were doing full motion video, right, like cutscenes yeah. with, you know, with live action, you know, actors and stuff. And that, you know, we'd never seen that before. That, that was right. crazy. Like, one of my all-time favorite games, uh, East Book One and Two, which is uh oh, which is an yes. old, old Japanese, oh, but it's an, oh, act, yeah. it's an action wow, RPG. Yeah. It's not turn-based. Yes. the The Turbo Graphics CD-ROM version of that game had not only this like animated opening cutscene, but it was it was voiced. It, w- it had voiceover, which just oh. which didn't exist on cartridges. Right. Yeah. you know there was right. it just took up too much space. It just wasn't you know and no I'm not counting Joe Montana sports talk football <laughs> introsuction <some> <laughs> in that <laughs> so i mean yeah i mean that that blew me away um i mean it's uh i mean quake going full 3D in a in a yeah. in a shooter yeah. was was one of those moments um i mean i i don't think i really quite realized the impact at the time but but halo 2 on xbox live the just you remember yeah. up till until Halo Two, even PCs didn't have a a lobby, a party, and a matchmaking hopper right. system. Right, you had right. to yeah. if you wanted to game with your friends and all play whatever first person shooter, you had to all like get onto a server because you pick from the server list and you'd have to all pick the same (laughs) damn server (laughs) and hope that y'all got into the game and every game it would dump you back out and you'd have to like okay do we have everybody all right let's go again and like just halo 2 changed all of that
0: yeah it's it's one of those things where you know going back and thinking about all that stuff like i'm rocking my turbo graphic shirt right now Actually, nice oh that
3: is impressive i see that look at you yeah, that is awesome. That. I'm on brand. I'm
0: on brand <laughs> I think maybe, um, but seeing 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 how all that stuff has kind of played itself out and kind of made it made its way to you know where we're at now, I'm sure now that you have uh, you know a different perspective in comparison to some of your contemporaries who are at IGN now, and and you're kind of able to. I'm not going to say you're like on high like hey young bucks like this is how it was when it, when it was in my <laughs> Back day in my oh I,
3: we I do do that so do you do
0: it of course nice. that's that's kind of great though right it's like you get the chance to kind of share that knowledge about the stuff that you were able to actually see before they were born
3: yeah when <laughs> when we get we get uh younger editors starting that that's and we always ask, like, what's your favorite game of all time? What what's your fa- what was your first console? And they'll say like N sixty four and they'll be like, Oh my god, N sixty four was your right. first console? Right. Oh yeah. my goodness.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wait wait until somebody says uh an Xbox or a three sixty. Or three
3: sixty, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, oh it's coming. Oh my god.
0: So Ryan,
2: it's what you've got be... what you've got to do is uh w- right before you get into one of those spiels, you gotta look at them right in the eye and you gotta say Listen here, young buck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Back in my day, we only had eight bits. No, I mean, I had my first (laughs) class that I teach, you know, um, at the uh, University of Wisconsin, a video game class. And, you know, I'm teaching 19 year olds, you know, that were born in 2000. Uh so when right. we wow. asked. So their about, first console was yeah, a three sixty. Yeah, Exactly. So <laughs> wow. so like on the first day, like we're talking about early game experiences and that kind of stuff. And they all laugh at me because I'm talking about like the Atari twenty six hundred and right. all that stuff. <laughs> and they're like, What the hell is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it is, yeah, yeah. If you're born in like uh two thousand and sixty four is old is like a distant like like you're you're just like, Yeah, I heard about that or like it was like in my attic. Right
0: you know, when I was growing up. Yeah. yeah. So in that same way, Ryan, where, you know, you've seen this kind of transition over the past couple of, well, the past 10 years, at least, where we see the technology has grown. I'm curious to see and hear from you, like how has the media space grown and changed for you as a person who's been in the space for a while now? And and what's been the kind of big, not tentpole things that have happened, but what have been the kind of biggest transitions that you've seen uh, that has changed maybe the way that you work now or kind of your viewpoint on the way that that media is kind of changing the way that we talk about games.
3: Well, it sure as hell isn't growing. That's that's the <laughs> which is really unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's the reality. You know, I I came yeah. up in print. I spent ten years on a print magazine, right? And mm. you know, obviously those are pretty well all gone. Uh, Game Informer is really quite literally the last viable yeah. print magazine standing. Yeah. Um yeah. I know my my old company, Future, Future Uh Publishing, still puts out they do they do still put out an OXM and I think maybe one or two others over in the UK, but you know, it's it's for all intents and purposes, it's it's not, you know, that's that's not where where things are. So, you know, it's interesting. It used to be that our competition was other magazines and other websites right. now our right. competition is by and large the publishers themselves the very people right. that we're trying to work <laughs> with to get content right. you know they a lot of them have hired their own editorial teams and they do their own kind of advertorial content uh like ubisoft has they have they have a bunch of ex game media people working for wow. them right. that will that'll, yeah. that'll do you know they'll do write-ups and videos on all the Ubisoft games and they've got obviously all the access and, and it's, and it's not, I'm not saying it's, it's not dishonest or anything. You know, it's uh, you, you, you get, you can get some information and, and interesting behind the scenes kind of stuff there. But you know, the, the, the number of independent media voices has shrunk, you know, cause it's, you know, the, you got a lot of, uh, I'm not a big fan of the term influencers, but I, I also, you know, don't want to, I feel like you, YouTubers can be kind of a <laughs> discriminate or not or not or heard sort of a derogatory term and I don't mean it that right. way. But you know, but right, a lot right. of those I know you know a lot of those uh, influencers on YouTube are they are paid to cover and, and s- say stuff about games and it's the irony is it's you know you get commenters that's, that accuse us of being paid off for this review or for that review but and 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 the the YouTubers the good guy and I'm not right. saying they're all this way at, by at all, but like a lot of it's actually quite often the literal opposite of that, where right. the influencer right. yeah. is paid by the publisher to come out and, and yeah. cover the game. And like money changes hands. And that, <laughs> right. that does yeah. not happen in, <laughs> right. in our world. And, and again, I'm not saying that there's not a, there, there is not a place for that. It's just, uh, right. you know, the lines are have blurred so much over, over the years. And as someone I, I do, I hold a journalism degree. I do, you know, I try to take it seriously and it's, it that's a tough thing for me personally and professionally to, to try and adapt to, because I, you know, again, and I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else, but I, I just like the way I'm wired, I have a code. Yeah. I have a, yep. a, a, a hard written code that I abide by. And sure. it's like, it's tough for me when I see you know, when I see some of the the, the comments in the community of, uh, you know, people say, oh, such and such influencer on YouTube. They're just like my buddy on the couch and I and I love them <laughs> right. and, and I trust their opinion. It's like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's like they don't they either don't know or, or what's even scarier to me is sometimes they don't care right, that that right. that that person I, yeah. is paid off. Right, uh, it's right. like yeah. you know. I mean, this is a thing that's that extends way outside of gaming. I mean, where all of society has become like we. You just find your little echo chamber that that reinforces yes. the opinion you already have. You know, there. I, I. I would. I would love to see more in you know just open minded critical thinking going on out there. Um, by and you know just in in general. But, yeah. you know, it's, so yeah, it's just, it's a, it's always changing and it's, it's been a, you know, we all thought like, okay, well, Prince dead. We move on to online and that's that. Well, no, that's, that's yeah. just, that was just phase one of, of the change. <laughs> and it's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's always changing and it's always evolving. And it's, you know, it's up to us at IGN and, and other independent media outlets to, to make good content and, and hopefully people find a value in that. Well, uh, I have a quick follow up oh, yeah, go that ahead, really
0: Rick. quick let me, let me just add, let me ask, ask this question. I you got
2: access. To ask. You got access. Oh my gosh. You really are from the Bronx. I've been questioning that for five years, but you really are fix. from the Bronx. <laughs> I will Go ahead. Mo.
0: Action park. I'll take do you to you? action park. You'll never be found again. Yo, yo do um, you
2: son? Go ahead, Mo facts. Um,
0: the, the question I wanted to ask was pertaining to that particular thing about the influencer side of things. And this is a little bit of a side of a, of a side, uh, uh angle. The conversation that I've heard about the new Epic Store and what they're thinking about doing when it comes to folks who are in the kind of influencer space. Have you had any thoughts about that, too? Because I think that that when you when you touched that was the first thing that popped into my brain about how they're kind of looking at incorporating influencers into that eco, into that ecosystem. That's gonna definitely be touching upon sales on the games that are gonna be in that store.
3: Have I, i have I maybe missed something? What's, what's the, what's the influencer? Oh. What, what's the thing that's going on with the?
0: They've been talking. Well, they have that supporter creator uh, kind of thing that they're doing on the Fortnite side, where you can get a code, and then you know whoever is uh, attached to that code, they will get some kind of um, uh, kickback from uh percentage of the sales yeah. of whatever their bits were they're kind of um sure uh v bucks and stuff that were that were in the in the system they're kind of expanding that out into the oh they're, they're thinking about i shouldn't say they're doing it they're thinking about expanding that type of system to um bringing in folks from the influencer side and instead of doing create uh, uh creation not creation uh curation Um, through the kind of normal means of algorithms throughout the system, they want the influences to kind of help bubble that stuff up. But to do that, you'll be kind of like in the system that you are then connected to epic games in a kind of you get paid a percentage of the stuff that sells that you share out as good games that you want people to check out.
3: I mean, so yeah, I think, you know, if, if that's all disclosed and made clear, Uh, Then it's then it's on the customer. It's on the gamer to do with that information, what they want, whether they, you know, want to uh, whether they're bothered by that or not. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's certainly potential for something like that to go horribly wrong. But but hopefully, you know, it'll (laughs) all be communicated in such a way that that, you know, everybody knows where everybody stands in in the matter.
2: All right. Um, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, Touch your face. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: we're adults.
2: So <laughs> So so Ryan you you talked about uh you talked about the phases. Uh you know, phase 1 was put the put, put uh your all your your media content on on the internet. Um but one of those phases, and I know that you you know you, you you won't take credit for kind of the uh cultural change around the podcast, but one thing that I hope you do take credit for is a a monumental shift in the way that um i g n has reported on things or kind of combated um or uh, figured out a way to make it beneficial advantageous for uh publishers not to necessarily do uh the those those advertisements from within uh with ign first uh that was your brainchild Uh, how, how did how did that and you know and maybe you didn't fully direct it but but at least rumor has it that that was that was uh something that that you thought of how did that where did that come from what was the what was the idea you know the 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 impetus behind uh that pitching that idea and uh uh how have you enjoyed the success of it so
3: far well you, you have done your homework because all of that everything you just said is accurate um yeah the i g n first so for those of you for your listeners that might not know it is basically our our attempt which uh, uh it has been going almost five years so hopefully we can call it more than an attempt at this point but uh yeah, it, it is our it is i g n s version of that of an old, you know, magazine cover story where you'd, you'd pick up that game magazine and whatever that thing on the cover was, you'd turn right, you'd flip right to that yep. in the middle of the magazine and it'd be like a big 10-page thing and you'd, you'd just chew on that and that was like a, a, a highlight of that month's magazine. Well, for me, <clears throat> it goes back to um, in my print career, which lasted just under 10 years, nine and a half years before I came to IGN, I never quite made it up to the level of editor in chief. Didn't quite make it. And the editor in chief is the one that makes the decision every month of what's going to be on the cover. You know, they're the one doing mm. the negotiating, calling the publishers saying, "Hey, we've got, you know, we've got the November issue, we want that exclusive on on Halo 2. Give it to it. Let's 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 make this happen." And I love that kind of like Editorial. I, I love that kind of deal making side of it. I love trying to make something happen and then deliver that to the audience. So I never got to do that in print. So when I got to IGN, and I was uh, put in charge of of the previews beat. So everything that's everything that hasn't come out yet, that all that coverage routes through me in some way, some and somehow. So nice. I said, okay, well I've got ten years worth of contacts in the games industry. I've got 10 years worth of making magazines, helping to make magazines. Um, I've never been the one to actually book those cover stories. Why don't I try to figure out something, a format where this can work on a website, where I can do that, and I can be the one that, that brings all this stuff into IGN and, and delivers it to our audience. And uh, to their credit, the, the bosses... All bought into the vision, and it took me probably six months to set up because it's figuring out what it is, and then the hard part is is trying to get the first person, the first game company, the first publisher right. to buy to to buy in. And I and I want to be very clear: not literally buy in. This is an, <laughs> this is an editorial thing.
4: No, no money changes hands. It never
3: has. Just want to make that explicitly clear. But you know but getting that first publisher on board and uh and ideally i'd get at least the first couple on board because i didn't want to start the thing do a month and then not have another one I'm like okay well that was a fun one month experiment i wanted it, i wanted to start it and then have it keep going and then hopefully eventually you know build on itself and and become sustainable and uh I, you know, it should come as no surprise that uh, my, some of my best contacts and relationships are, were and are with Microsoft. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I was talking, you know, pitched it. I mean, I went around and pitched the whole thing to everybody and explained, here's this new thing we're going to do. We'd love to have you on board. And to their credit, uh, Microsoft trusted me and us to uh, reveal Forza Horizon 2. Yes, that was our first one, and mm-hmm. uh, again, it's 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 not what you know, it's who you know. I had mm-hmm. ready to go right after that. The next month was Destiny, because uh, that nice, was yeah. you know I, I had a That's lot right. of Bungee relationships, Bungee mm-hmm. contacts. Uh, so those were the first two, and and we were able to those both. You know, we learned a lot. You know, for for being at the beginning of the. They came out. I'm really proud of how those came out. We did a lot of great coverage, and I think uh, hopefully our audience. I mean, the the, the numbers say that the audience liked it. We got all a lot. (laughs) We got millions of clicks on each of those, and and yeah, I've just somehow, some way, uh, been able to just keep it going. So it's you know, it's I think I think we've only actually missed maybe two months in those five years through. Wow. Um, wow. one of them was a game had to bail out at the very last moment, just, you know, game development, things change, things happen, sure. and it was too late to find something else. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's the, the, the track record. I, I like to say with a, with a, with some humility, but some pride as well, that the track record has been pretty good and, and yes. we're still doing it. We just, uh, we're just wrapping up with, we just wrapped up Anthem. Uh, yeah. which is which we has yeah. been huge people loving the, the anthem content very curious about that game yep we've yep. got uh well hell i might as well just tell you now if anybody's listening. so tomorrow we're kicking off uh, we got the division two for nice. our, our February oh, right
2: game. nice 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 so yeah you you guys are uh you guys are knocking them out of the park man we're uh, trying yeah you know i mean that's 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 great it's it's uh you know i hope i hope people pay attention to your little site uh you know maybe one day It'll be up there with the plucky young upstart, uh, yeah, yeah, IGN.com. Yes, exactly, IG, IGN.com. <laughs> um, you know, so one of, one of our uh, – we've been fortunate. We've been doing this for five years. Last week we celebrated our fifth anniversary. Good for you. Congrats. Uh, hold, hold, hold thank you very applause. much. Yes, thank you, man. Um, and, and we've been fortunate over the course of the five years to, to, to meet and uh, meet great people in the industry, people that we've looked up to, uh, people that we've admired. Uh, one of the people that we really, really admire is Danny O'Dwyer. Um, who boldly, I'm sure you know, mm-hmm. three years ago, two and a half years ago, uh, left GameSpot uh, and and went off on his own and created NoClip. And and the thing that I love about NoClip, not only because it's Danny and he is just a beautiful, beautiful man, um, but also because he he like nerds out about video games in the way that I actually love. And uh, I see a lot of similarities between IGN First and and Noclip because if, if IGN First introduces the game, Noclip does the coda. They do the post-mortem on, on a lot of games. The other thing that they do great is get really great one-on-one interviews um, with, with uh, developers and, and people that are intimately uh, knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the games i g n uh i g n unfiltered is exactly the same thing uh, in fact as I was talking about it behind the scenes with with the crew here that's exactly how i that was my elevator pitch was that i g n unfiltered is like no clip uh just with just in a studio um i g n unfiltered was another one of your brain children uh, where did that come from? Um, and you know, like, where do you, where are you hiding the bodies where they have like all of these (laughs) ideas that you're just stealing from these people and then presenting them to IGN?
3: Uh, yeah. Unfiltered is my pet project for sure. It's, um, you know, it's funny when I first started in this 16 plus years ago, I was, even though I'd gone to journalism school and gotten my degree, I was terrified to interview people. I didn't like it. I wasn't good at it. Uh, But over time, just uh, at OXM, over the course of my my video game career, you know, I got more practiced at it and I started to really enjoy it. And again, you know, I I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, I've been a Howard Stern listener for 20 something years. And I believe Howard Stern is the you you can say about him what you will. You can like him or not. But I think he's the single best interviewer uh, that that. That pop culture has right now.
2: Hey, he's 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 from Roosevelt, Long Island, That's baby. That's right. So, you know, I mean, only the best people come from Roosevelt, Long Island. Shout out to the Velt, baby. Exit twenty one. So go ahead.
3: So yeah, I I that and that was the 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 interviews on Stern were always my favorite part of the show because he would right. get stuff out of celebrities that nobody else yeah. would get. And he would yes. have real conversations with people. He had a and still does, he has a curiosity about people. He's not just you know he's it's not a talk show where you're sitting there for five minutes making small talk to plug your movie like there are real interesting mm-hmm. conversations that that Howard would get out of people and i always right. I started to really i mean I think I just by osmosis soaked <laughs> that in from listening to him on the radio for so many years and uh and I just you know i I think that with video games they're just nobody's doing that nobody is. Right trying to get to know the people behind the games right. like mm-hmm. it's it's you know hey the games themselves are great but you know the whole the whole pr and marketing machine is built around all right this let's let's highlight this cool feature and let's look at the graphics on level 3 and let's talk to the composer and this and that and that's all well and good but for me the the most interesting i i often find the people and and the stories behind the games themselves to be as interesting, or in some cases more interesting than right. the games themselves. I mean, I, I got. I don't. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but just to give you a, a really toot it, damn it, just toot to, it. Just to give you an example, <laughs> like uh, one of my first unfiltered guests was was Marty O'Donnell, the, the longtime composer oh, yeah. at Bungie on Halo mm-hmm. and then Destiny before they had their you know, unbelievably ugly divorce with a lawsuit. And I went up and I I was sitting down with Marty O'Donnell, who I knew a little bit, you know, we had a little bit of a rapport, but not, you know, not any, that's not like we were out, you know, drinking together at the bar or anything. And, and we just got, you know, I, I, I'm big on meticulous preparation. So I had, you know, I had plenty of questions and topics prepared. I knew how I wanted the interview to go, but I call, I, 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 pulled a, a very, what it, what I believe to be a very risky, uh, just audible during the middle of the interview where he was talking about, uh, you know, I, I specifically, I'd had my question ahead of time. I asked him about that lawsuit and that divorce with Bungie. Yes. And just mm. what whatever he said, I forget what, it, what ex- exactly he said, but I just felt like, you know what? There's a, I've got a moment to try and connect with him here. And I told him about how uh, I was married young, and she right. left, and we got divorced, and and I went right. into therapy after right. that for a bit. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, "Have you know?" I told him that that little anecdote and said, "Well, you know, when something that traumatic and happens in your life, you know." Remember, he'd been with Bungie for twenty plus years and was mm-hmm. one of like the founding people, and and, right. and I just asked, I I took a risk, like he could have. He could have gotten mad at me right. by me asking him, "Hey, have you?" So I asked, "Have yeah. you? Have you? Did you go into therapy at all?" To, to you know, after that that situation, you know, he could yeah. have, he could have, you know, he could have lost all trust in me. He could have gotten mad and walked out. He could have. Right. There were any number of ways that could have gone bad, but he, he managed. You know, I connected with him enough that he admitted, like with cameras on him, and not that this is a thing that's you know anybody should be ashamed of. It's quite the opposite. But you know it was right. it was very big of him. He he said you know yes yeah I went I I saw a therapist to after that the bungee situation and and that's that's one of the proudest moments uh, I have in my career just because again it's like not that I'm some great interviewer but I managed to 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 get a story out of you know to connect with somebody and and get this piece of behind the scenes information about. About this legendary game creator that that no one had ever heard before. So, right. you know that's that's really what it's about to me is those those human moments and those human stories that go into the games. I mean, you know, I had I had Peter Molyneux, We talked for two hours. You know, he's full of <laughs> insane stories. Oh, uh, man. R- Richard, <laughs> oh man, Richard Richard <laughs> Garriott who him. did the Ultima yes. games. He talked about you know he he's he's insane in the best of ways. He spent nice. you know he took his a chunk of his Ultima fortune. And that dude went, he bought a ticket to the space station in through with the Russians. And he, he spent a week in space and he told me about, about pooping in space and just what it's like to be in space. It's like, it has nothing to do with video games, but it's like these people are, you know, they lead fascinating lives uh, that, that, you know, whether it's about games or not. And, and I just feel like, you know, nobody is telling those stories and it's like I, I want to tell those stories.
2: Yeah. Right. That, yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. if if no one's ever heard Ryan interview people, I point to one interview. Uh Ryan, your interview with Adam Orth. Oh, oh yeah. that was pre yes.
3: that was pre unfiltered. That was like the Right. We we weren't right. calling it unfiltered yet. Right. I was exactly. just doing them. Yeah, I was doing them like yes. within Unlocked. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes, that that interview right there was like, oh, man, this guy is great. Because famously, Adam Orth, I forgot what it was that he said.
3: Deal with it. But he basically,
2: yeah. Deal yeah. with it, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, that was it. And uh, and that, you know, I mean, that almost ruined his life. Uh, and, and you, you know, you were talking to him about a Adrift. And, and the fact that you were able to bring that back up and and talk about it was and, and like and the way it was handled was really
3: really phenomenal yeah he talked about how adrift was basically the story of that of like yeah. feeling isolated and wondering if you're ever gonna be able to come back to civilization
2: right. you, you so you know um allow me to say this you've got a gift man uh, i appreciate and
3: whether that. whether
2: whether you've uh whether you've you've train that muscle or or you know you you were, had it from birth you definitely have it um and and it makes i, I think there's a reason unfiltered is as successful as it is as it that it keeps going oh it's not it's successful.
3: successful let's let's be let's be honest well, no, well, i mean it's you're, you're saying very nice things but this is right. this when i say pet project i'm not kidding it's like the bosses haven't canceled it but nobody watches it it's not like it's that's not a so thing that's that's uh that's making the money at IGN. It is Right. it you know yeah. I I just it, it's there. It it is a <laughs> I wish more people would check it out because it's you know people claim to want real journalism in uh, right. in games media and this is this is certainly the the one way I do re, quote unquote real journalism in games right. media but no please don't call it a success. I <laughs> and I'm not looking well, for pity and I'm not looking for I'm just, right. but it's like it is it is not it is it is like near the bottom. Uh, if you were to rank all of IGN's content, it would as far from from a traffic perspective, it would be near the bottom. But I'm very proud of it, and I'm very happy that uh, that I get to do it. Well, I'm I,
0: actually I'm actually yeah. kind of curious about that okay. because we we here try to kind of do some of that work too, right? And trying to you know my my personal philosophy, and I can probably say this for for the crew as well, is like. Like you said, the stories behind the game are definitely more um, interesting and 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 fun to talk about. Do you feel like, and this is maybe not necessarily because a uh, uh, a thing about IGN and where the kind of pyramid pyramid of content goes, but even if you were to do this content on another platform, you you know you 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 go out on your own and you make ryanmccaffrey.com dot com and you make that thing. You know you do these stories over there. Do you feel like the disconnect between necessarily that content not doing as well as I believe it should, we believe it should, is because there is a little bit of a disconnect between kind of the consumer side of the fence and the media side of the fence, where, you know, we care about those stories because we love the industry. Um, But do you feel like the folks out in the world might not necessarily have that same kind of viewpoint? And that's why those things aren't connecting in that way.
3: I yeah I th- I think that's a reasonably fair assessment. I mean it's it's kind of like I mean the elevator pitch version of it. It used to be that it's that's it's, it's the Charlie Rose of games, but you can't talk, right. we, we right. don't talk about <laughs> Charlie <laughs> Rose anymore. But it, it's you know I guess it it yeah. would be like you know inside the Actors Studio
2: sure mm-hmm.
3: is super inside baseball, and I'll bet it doesn't really get any ratings compared to. TMZ's weekly, you know, right uh, show where it's like Harvey and all of them in the bullpen gossiping and all that stuff. So I guess it's kind of like that. I mean, it's it's inside baseball content. It's not, yeah. Most people just care about the games, and that's okay. That's totally fine. Um, Do I? I I certainly just yeah. I wish more people wanted to, you know, because for me, part of it too is the games industry is is young and, but what, what film and TV have going on for them to, at least to a much better extent than games is we know the creators more in other Mm mediums, you know, you know, directors, you know, actors and you care about those people. But with games, you know, I think a lot of it's, there's plenty of it's intentional on the part of the publishers, you know, uh, but it's just, there, there are a lot of reasons why we don't generally know about the people that make the games the games right. it's just a faceless product and I'm I I don't like that I I think mm-hmm. you know I would like to see more more uh, humans put forward I mean hey what back in the 80s the, we there used to be games you know like the LucasArts games you'd get like Ron Gilbert's Monkey Island we don't even get that anymore yeah. you know American yeah. McGee's Alice like that stuff doesn't happen anymore. So yeah. you know great, right. the games are made by hundreds of people now as opposed to to five or ten, but right. but yeah, like you know i <laughs> i i i would I hope that over time people will start to develop more of a curiosity behind the people that make the games and and maybe unfiltered can can help them uh develop that curiosity,
0: yeah, I think the closest we have now is just games that involve weed. And then people being like such and such is weed weed transporter game on right, mobile. Right.
4: Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's kinda I've, like that. I've
2: got like six emails for different versions of the of that same game.
0: Yeah, so. seriously. Seriously. Yeah,
2: the weed the tap grow house uh game. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, uh Yeah, uh go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, Ryan, so, you know, you talked about the phone book that you have in terms of having all these contacts that you've, that you've built over the the past 16 years or so at this point, is there anyone that you're like, shit, I haven't gotten that person and I want to get that person.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There are, um, there are definitely white whales for Ahab left to hunt for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I I did get to interview Jason Jones from Bungie. He's famously reclusive. He does not do interviews. He's done maybe two interviews in the last decade, and I did get one of them. I I couldn't film it or record it, but it's up in written form on (laughs) IGN. Um, But still, yeah, God, I'd love to sit down with him again. But, um, I mean, uh, Amy Hennig is someone I'd love to talk to. Uh and yeah. her career is just yep. so so incredible. Um uh as a you know, I, I've talked about my my Xbox love and specifically like 360. Jay Allard is a dude that fucking yes. disappeared. He's gone. Yes. He's like yeah. biking in the Oregon Mountains somewhere, and yeah, I would love to interview him about the 360 era. Um so Jay Allard's on the list. Um and then I mean not gaming per se but uh the number one the 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 I could drop the mic and go home interview um would be would be Elon Musk. I mean he's one of the most famous oh. men in the world and he's uh mm. you know I'm I'm big in the I'm way into Tesla so uh, a well, little perfect bit. perfect
4: <laughs> yeah
2: perfect segue because I was going to say I'm sure on that list is Elon Musk um because uh you do like to ride the lightning I do uh, as it, as it were, uh with uh lightning cars, you're a car aficionado uh, a geek car aficionado, as it were um d m c Ryan. um so yeah, so ride the lightning is uh what two and a half years old
3: That's uh no more no. than three let's see three and a half wow. now three and a half years nice. old wow, wow,
2: man. Uh, so when you started, when you started this uh, podcast, was, so this is your Tesla-based podcast that you do weekly. Yes, sir. Uh, where you talk about uh, news about uh, the, the great Tesla Motors Corporation uh, and Elon Musk. And sometimes you talk about SpaceX. But, uh, um, so you finally now have, when you started it, you didn't own a Tesla. That's right. But now you do.
3: Now they made one I can afford. Yeah. Well, 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 at least the starting price.
2: And then then once you once you actually make it a Tesla, it's still like 60 grand.
3: It's you know, it's it's cheaper than the Model S, which I definitely couldn't afford.
2: That is correct, sir. Uh, So so what do you think? What do you think of your Tesla? How do you like it?
3: I I don't want to, like, exaggerate this too much, but the three best things that I've ever spent money on in my life. Our house, you know, that's the home is. Uh, we're very, very lucky. The the home is is by far and away number one, especially here in the Bay Area.
4: Yeah, that's number one. Mm, number yeah, two,
3: probably. granted, I didn't pay for this, but just go with it for the. It was a gift, but go with it for the for the sake of this uh, this comparison. Uh, Lasik eye surgery, best money okay. you can oh, ever spend yes. on yourself. Really, really, yeah. Yes. Lasik surgery. So a house, Lasik eye surgery, and my Tesla. Those are my the wow. th- the three thing the three things are the best things I've ever spent money on. Okay. I love wow, that we'll- car. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, hey, it's not a perfect car. They're a young company. There's, uh, you know, they're growing, they're improving. But my goodness, drive one, drive one, and you kind of instantly get it and go, oh, oh, okay, I I see where they're going with this. Well, okay. uh, it's you know you you have your own roller coaster that you can you can deploy anytime you want. It's it's
2: especially in San Fran.
3: Yeah, it's the safest car in the world. It's uh it gets over the air updates like your phone. I've had so many new features added to it in just in the 6 months since I bought it. Um and the autopilot stuff's great, you know, it's uh, it's great on the highway, great in stop and go. It's and I, and you know, I have uh I've I spend it costs me effectively, I mean, you're pretty much just topping up, you plug in every night and just top it up like your phone. But if you were to run it all the way down, it's a 300 mile range car, and it costs here, at least by California prices, probably it's much cheaper elsewhere in the country, but effectively it cost me $9 to charge 300 miles of range compared to, you know, compared to my last car, which was 12, it was, you know, it was 12 years old, not a new car. And it was it was you know a sporty ish car 20 ish miles per gallon so i know you know hey mm. there people could be driving much more efficient things but but yeah i mean i was spending i was spending with gas prices 50 60 bucks to go 300 miles now i spend wow. about 9 wow so it's wow. you know it's That's it's just nuts. phenomenal i love it
0: what is what has been so getting a chance to be in that space now and, and and talking to other Tesla owners and being kind of in that group, how excited are folks who own Teslas about the possibility and the probability of autonomous cars becoming a huge thing? And do you forecast when this stuff may actually happen at this point?
3: I mean, Elon has – he keep people keep asking him and he gives very – as he does, he gives very aggressive – timelines he they tesla yeah. just had their quarterly earnings call with with analysts this week and it yes. got brought up and he said well we think we'll have something working by the end of the year but then it's up to regulators to approve it it's like well okay he said that before um i mean it's 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 a unbelievably complex problem obviously uh you don't even have to be a, a an engineer to, to realize that but even even what they have now is incredible i drove it to Arizona uh over the holidays to uh to go see my parents who who live in Arizona and I drove it so that well for two reasons one because uh it, I I have free unlimited supercharging so I don't pay anything right and number two what? uh number two I could bring my boxer my puppy I could bring Daisy with me and then have <laughs> her you know have her down in Arizona with me and not have to get a dog sitter or the whole thing yeah that's awesome so you know, we drove drove down and uh you the system even the system they have now, you you turn it on and it's I mean, yes, you still have to pay attention, but you don't have you like you you kinda just have to worry about the the more like micro stuff. It takes care of the macro stuff. So, you know, it's huh. It'll change lanes for you when when you've got your speed set and someone you know someone in front of you is going slow. It'll say, "Hey, let's go around," and you just hit the turn signal and it'll do it by itself. Uh, you know, it's regulating speed, it's regulating the follow distance behind the the car in front of you. It takes it takes interchanges by itself. It takes freeway off ramps by itself. It even signals on its own. So it's like it's wow. getting there. It's you know it's really cool. It's a you know it was a very physically physically easy trip despite it being a very long drive from from san francisco to phoenix because the car was doing a lot of like just the top level stuff that that normally you'd have to be doing yourself on a on an all-day drive like that so you know it's not perfect you know there's there are absolutely limitations to it and it's it's very important to get to know what those limitations are uh and and you know don't fall asleep at the wheel. Don't right. hop in the back seat. <laughs> Don't do any of this dumb stuff. But, but yeah, like when you after you kind of learn the ins and outs of the system, man, it's it's really cool.
0: So, nice. so I know we have you for a little bit longer, but I want to bring it back to games. Really, yeah, of quickly. course. Nobody
3: nobody cares about my electric car obsession. Let's let's get back to games. Dumb. I mean, dumb. I've
0: ridden in a Tesla, so I'm I am kind of definitely on that page. I just want to own one and I can't get my wife to to help me. I will
3: so let me just but, let me just plug it real quick though. If people are interested, oh, please. Yes, of course. Please. You can uh, you can look me up. it's uh, probably all the all the relevant links are on my Patreon. You know, you don't have to like give any money or anything, but if you go to patreon.com/tesla podcast, there's a, mm. you know, intro video and then there're just there're links to the podcast if if people are interested in Tesla and want to go learn about it or hear about it, they can go do that
0: nice badass well to talk about future things uh, we talked about the future of driving but i want to bring it to the future of xbox
3: yes and
0: i'm and i'm curious about your thoughts we've heard a lot of rumors about what's coming down the line you know cloud gaming stuff being in this in the space you know they're they've talked about already how they're going to have the most pimped out uh, console that you'll be able to buy in the market what are some of the things that you're super curious about to see Microsoft kind of, you know, uh, take, the, take the forward leap with? And what are some of the things you hope to see with the next box that drops?
3: Well, I am curious. I'm mo- I, I really feel like Microsoft needs to uh, get out there first, which, which E3 2019 gives them the perfect opportunity to do because Sony won't be there. Um, and I think they need to release before PS5 does. <laughs> I, you know, I, I look at this a lot like the uh, the transition from PS2 and Xbox to PS3 and 360. You know, I'm not. It's it's obviously things are. It's not a one to one apples to apples thing. But you know, right. Microsoft got out a year before Sony, and they did it with with a great machine with great hardware in it. Uh, and, and you know, a lot went right for Microsoft after that. And I think it's very important. You know, PS4 is just a... I mean, it's, it's one of the greatest consoles of all time. It's one of the most successful consoles of all time. And so, you know, Sony inherently... You know, the story... We all know the story. Sony really made all the right moves, particularly mm. at the beginning of the generation, and Microsoft made all the wrong moves at the beginning of the generation. I mean, hey, it's... <laughs> But you've seen over the last two, three years here with backwards compatibility and original Xbox backwards compatibility and the Xbox One S and then the Xbox One X and xCloud and Game Pass and all right. this stuff and, all, and buying all the studios and starting uh, the initiative. And, you know, it, they are... It is clear that Microsoft has a, a very strong vision and a clear vision That they Mm -hmm. in hindsight so obviously lacked coming into the Xbox One. Um, I I, I think they're in they're in a great position. They are the underdog. I mean, it is all these studios still have to produce great games, which Sony's first party studios, by and large, have done all generation long. So you know, that is the most important thing at the end of the day. But you know, Microsoft has the services. Um, i'm i 'm very confident that the scarlet family i think it 's the anaconda's the 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 bad boy right and then the um yeah i forget the the code name for the the cheaper version but yeah i mean i i 'm very confident that anaconda is going to be uh a very potent console hopefully hopefully for microsoft 's sake more so than the p s five uh but that you know who knows on that but yeah i i do think microsoft 's got to get out there first and and have and get out first with a clear vision and say, here's everything we've got. But I, I, I'm confident on the vision side, we'll just see if they if, if they can get out there first. And we'll see, you know, hopefully they're not going to be $100 more again, like they were with Xbox <laughs> One to, to PS4. Right. But, you know, I uh, people don't believe me, but I, I am very convinced uh through no insider information I I'd like to add but I am very convinced that that Halo Infinite will be the spectacle major launch title for Anaconda and I know that 343's got on record they've said hey this game is coming out for the Xbox One family I believe them of course I think you know right. cuz they they're, you know Microsoft's all about backwards they're all about compatibility and right. you know mm-hmm. blurring those generational lines but I, I think the the i think halo infinite will will be dialed up to the max if you do have a have an anaconda and it, i think that and that'll be the first time but think about this guys the only halo that's the only xbox that's launched with a halo game was the original xbox with halo right. it actually <laughs> hasn't yeah. happened since right. it has yeah. not yeah. happened the 360 didn't launch with halo. Halo 3 right. came 2 years later and uh, of yep. course Halo 5 came 2 years after uh, uh even Master Chief Collection came a year after. Right. So, you know, yeah, I think launching with a with a with a bad boy, a badass machine uh with with a with 12 first party studios cooking stuff up and and kicking all that off with Halo Infinite being a what appears to be a not a reboot of the story but kind of they're they're really clearly rethinking Halo uh which which hey after Halo 5's campaign is is uh not the be- not the worst idea in the world to just rethink the whole thing so i i'm just so excited to see where they're going totally. yeah well
2: yeah uh so it it'll be great to see the Halo Halo Infinite on the Xbox Infinite which is Jesus. which is the name which is the name that I I coined for the Xbox One X. I thought it should have been called Infinite because there are going to be no generations anymore, and the software is just the software and the platform. So then you just come out with more iterations of hardware like phones, uh, which is kind of where I think we we're going. I agree. Uh, in in the in on the hardware side for for both. Uh, big publishers, uh, or for both big manufacturers, I I, I think. I um, I agree for, with you
3: absolutely. Yeah.
2: Um. So Xbox Xbox Infinite, uh, is the name. So if somebody uses it, I I know Ryan that you told Phil and Phil used it and I'm suing <laughs> you both. Um, so, <laughs> um you know, a, another reason that I that I admire you so much is, uh, like me, Ryan. You are a big baseball fan.
3: Oh my goodness! Yes, um,
2: and you are a, a big baseball video game fan. So, like me, you love Sony Santa, Monica, Santa Monica's or Sony San Diego's MLB The Show um, franchise. Uh, great series, I love it. Um, it is one of the things that makes me turn on. Um, besides the great software, that makes me turn on my PS Four um all the time because I love that baseball game. There's something interesting about IGN uh in general and and I guess games media uh in 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 general so not necessarily specifically to IGN but sports video games sell incredibly well. Some of them. Well, yes. So Madden, 2K, FIFA sell incredibly well. Windjammer's um, game of the year. Yeah, there you go. Uh Laser League great game great game by the way um but they don't do as well it seems in media coverage why is that
3: because uh it's it is uh just not everybody plays sports games that's really it's the expertise there's just not enough sports video game expertise to go around um Hmm. you know they're Especially their their you know annual releases, so you you know it's I, I did I did basketball reviews and baseball reviews for OXM for a long time, and mm-hmm. I eventually I eventually just at IGN just swore them off because you'd get you'd get fans mad at you if you gave right. it like they were never <laughs> happy with the review score because right. it's like people would think, well, it has this new feature this year. Therefore, it should get a higher score than last year. It's like that's that's not how this works, and even to, some developers would come at me like that too. Like, hey, we added this, this, and this this year. Why is our score? And it's just like I just, I don't have, I just don't, I don't have that in me anymore. So right. I kind of swore it off. But yeah, it's it's an expertise thing. I mean, you would think that there would be more overlap of video game nerds like myself and sports right. and sports fans. Because right, I'm yeah. I'm a big time both games and sports, right. but it's, it just doesn't seem like a lot of the, the media outlets, certainly IGN included, have uh, have people that, that are also big sports fans in addition to to their video game expertise. And by the way, uh, on MLB the show, have you guys ever had Ramon Russell on the show? No, but so He's we've been trying list. to
2: have. Yeah, we've been trying to get Ramon on for a while. We ran into him a bunch of times.
3: Well, I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. I know him pretty well. Thank you. He's a, and I'm Thank not. You. I'm not trying to sound like a bigwig saying that. I just <laughs> I actually do happen to know. Ramon's a good dude, and I think <laughs> I think he would have a good time on here. And they're, and they're, you know they're coming up. You know here it's tomorrow's February, so right. they're they're coming into their uh, you know t- they're ready to promote the you know the new game. So it's a let's it's a good time for you guys to try and get let's him on here. Go,
2: let's yep. go. We can talk about how Ka is one of the few people from the Bronx that is not a Yankees fan. Nope, um, because because there's something wrong with you. I, I'm convinced of that, but that's okay.
3: See, I'm convinced. <laughs> I I think I there's something weird about my personality in that like I always seem to find myself drawn to the underdog, whether it's same. So check it out, my whole same. life. So, uh, I bought. A, told you earlier, I bought a turbografx sixteen. That's the underdog console, definitely. Uh, definitely. I I grew up a Mets fan in New Jersey. Uh, underdog status uh, right there. Babe. Uh, I uh came to Arizona long, long before they had a team. And lo and behold, the Diamondbacks are always underdogs compared to the, you know, the the juggernaut Giants and Dodgers in the same division. Uh, You you know, I I landed at OXM and Xbox was the underdog console to the PS2. So, (laughs) and and even like, I I was lucky enough for a number of years to own my dream car, uh, my first dream car, which was a DeLorean, Delorean right. is a classic underdog story. You know, they yes. they, oh they didn't they didn't survive ultimately, but yeah. and now even like Tesla is absolutely an underdog story compared to the rest. So I seem to have this just bizarre attraction, like a <laughs> like a it's not even a conscious thing. It's like a subconscious attraction to to underdogs out there. I guess I got I got a soft spot. Yeah, I, I mean,
2: won't. oh no, I was I was just gonna say that. Uh, you know a, a, another word a synonym for underdog is david um but and we know that david slay goliath <laughs> um and and you sir ryan mccaffrey are definitely a david um if you are an underdog you're an underdog story um that has shown time and time again that you swing that uh that slingshot and you hit that giant right between the eyes uh, for murderous death of success <laughs> so, um but yeah but Ryan um thanks so much for coming to Bracago um thanks so much for for being a uh, a voice for actual journalism um you know besides uh podcast unlocked is great um but but really honestly from you know from one one geeky nerd that really truly loves this industry to another um what you do with uh you know your brainchild with ign first and and pocket and unfiltered um really gives me life and i really enjoy it please don't let it go away
3: thank, thank you, thank guys. you so much. yeah and uh and yes. uh danny o'dwyer too i didn't get a chance you you brought him up Danny is great i love him to death everybody should uh should check out and support no clip video mm-hmm. danny's doing yeah. fantastic work absolutely totally. absolutely yeah.
2: Um, so, yeah, man. Hey, Ryan, thanks so much for uh, for hanging out in Bricago. Thanks for coming to spawn on me and, and taking the time out. Uh, you're really gracious. And uh, please, uh, we, we did a little bit of promotion, but now is your time to be as uh, as grandiose as you'd like about uh, promoting all of the stuff that you're doing. All
3: right. Well, let me crack my knuckles here. OK, there you go. <laughs> uh, number one, by the way, uh, you promised at the top before you introduced me that I would get to chime in on the Knicks. Oh, please do. Uh Katie uh, is never coming to town now. <laughs> why why the yeah. hell yeah. would Kevin Durant yeah. come yes. to New York after yes. he's seen the shit show that is the new, the Knicks lack complete lack of any f- proper basketball strategy <sighs> and team building. He he is not he can you can scratch the Knicks off of Kevin Durant's <laughs> list. Uh and, and I I have nothing against the Knicks, man. I'm hey I'm a Suns fan. Okay, so I've you know I had a lot of great years. We we never we got to the, near the near the top yeah. of the mountain. We never got we never could knock off Michael Jordan. Nobody yeah. could yeah. knock off Michael Jordan, but yeah, you, you know. Uh, but but I'll tell you, yeah, we made the hell of a finals too. Fuck yeah. John Paxson. Uh, just to <laughs> want to put that out there. Um, but yeah, we never got there. Uh, but now the Suns are are a, the Suns are as big or or an even bigger joke for the last number of, since Robert Sarver took over than, than the Knicks even, you know, it's <laughs> Sarver and James Dolan. Uh, oh my y- God. You could put those two guys in a room and, and I'm not sure that, uh, that that they could solve a a, a, a crossword puzzle together. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's really a shame for a three by three uh, ones. Yeah, it's, it's really a shame for for uh, fans of either of those two franchises. But you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm it, dude. It sucks to see like it sucks to see uh, Porzingis go. I mean, the Diamondbacks just sold off Paul Goldschmidt, yeah. who was Robert our, Schmitt, our yes. heart and soul. <laughs> uh because we're just you know we have no money to to sign him to a big extension so they just went ahead and and traded him and the, the diamondbacks are gonna go you know we had a little bit of a of a nice ride there for a couple of years we're we're about to go back down into the toilet so you know but uh, i i feel i really genuinely feel bad for knicks fans today because it's uh, it's a tough day uh for for a knicks fan yep. but um Anyway, yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna yell (laughs) at me about any of my opinions, you can find me on Twitter at DMC, and yes, that stands for DeLorean Motor Company, not uh, the Devil May Cry series. Although I have, I have no problem (laughs) with the Devil May Cry series. But DMC underscore Ryan. You can find me on Twitter, and again, my, uh, you know, check out at IGN. That's what keeps the roof over my head here, pays the mortgage. So I'm doing Podcast Unlocked. Every week, that's our Xbox show. And then uh, every month is IGN Unfiltered, which you guys were so kind uh, with regards to there, my monthly interview show with game developers. And then, yeah, at my, on the side, my little, uh, my, my little side project, my, my weekly Tesla podcast, Ride the Lightning. Check it out. Uh, if You just, you can always just Google whatever your favorite podcast service is. Look up Ride the Lightning Tesla podcast, and you will find it. There you go. That's awesome. Oh, where's
2: uh, Patreon? You said it was patreon. dot com slash tesla podcast. Yeah, that's That's go. another
3: spot you can find it too. Wherever you want to find yeah. it, it's all over you the know. internet. Uh, listen, yes. man,
2: we we paid you. So we paid you to be on the show because <laughs> because you know everybody at IGN gets paid for all of their uh, opinions. Yeah. So we want you know we want the rest of the Ricardo to to pay you for uh, your Tesla stuff. So. The, oh my if, you, if you like yeah. it
3: it's yeah it's it's just you are you guys on patreon too you said yes we yeah, are so yes, see that's really? the thing it's just you know that's the thing you can't and and how long how long were you guys doing the show before you launched the patreon oh man uh, two
2: years yeah two, well two years longer and then, than that. And then four years right <laughs> like because we just relaunched the patreon
3: so you're smart yeah. though because that's that's what you, the the key to to that is and, and I hope I mean I have, is your Patreon what you say are you guys feeling good about it or is it not where you want it to oh, be yeah. are you feeling good
2: Yeah we good? love we love
3: our patrons Good yeah. So yeah I mean that's the thing you got to the, the whole thing with Patreon is you got to you build the trust with your audience so you guys you guys have been right. doing this for 5 years and you did it for many years before even asking your audience to consider right. giving you a dime yeah. and that's that's the right. that to me that's the so you got to just you have to there's so many free things you could listen to and watch on the internet uh, yes. that that you know you, you build that trust, you earn that respect and trust from your audience, and then you say, "Hey, we put a lot of time into this, a lot of energy into this. What's your Patreon? I want to plug your Patreon right now."
4: Yeah.
2: Oh. oh, oh, we will, but yes. yeah, yeah, Patreon.com/slash spawn on me.
3: There you go. So see, these guys, they're they're coming. Come in and give you good entertainment, good information every single week, it, it, and that you know, show them a little love. It's you throw them five bucks a month, and that's that's you'll never miss that five dollars. That's that's, right. that's a that's a, well, you guys don't have uh, internet, so you see so you got shit. That's a Shake Shack burger out for for you Bronx guys, <laughs> Chicago. <Right. laughs> I mean, oh, what's uh, oh, what's, it's, it's, it's it's like seventeen White Castle hamburgers. They oh, yes, well, yeah. see I there you love you. There Stay you go. I love you. Fine, just, yeah. I mean, mean, you know, Patreon <laughs> Patreons a great thing though, seriously, cuz it's, you know, it's you build you build your relationship with your audience and then and then uh you know, they can voluntarily show you the love with with a monthly pledge and that's uh right it's it's a great thing. I I love I love that that the Patreon model and what what that what that can do for creators cuz yeah. it's I mean, it's, yeah, it, I'll tell you, my Patreon makes a nice difference in my life. I, I, I wouldn't be able to justify keeping my Tesla podcast going without the Patreon, because it's, as you as I'm sure with you guys doing this, you guys, are, I mean, it's past midnight for some of you guys right now, and you're yeah. still sitting here doing yeah. this. It's, you know, it's a lot of time, it's a lot of energy, it's a lot of love that goes into these things. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'll bet you guys spend... A, a good number of hours just preparing for this. You got to write, you got to write like interview questions for me. You got to do, yep. you got to do all kinds of you know, there, people don't realize how much work goes into these things. And it's so, you know, patreoncom slash spawn on me, show these guys some love. They're, they're coming out. Look they're out that. here. Great. I mean, it's i hey, am I'm, I'm all about seeing creators get, get duly rewarded for the hard work oh, they put in.
0: Thanks. We appreciate that. Thank that, you. that, that that's awesome. I that mean, that means a lot
3: yes that definitely means a lot
0: and you know you've been doing it for a very long time
3: so you yes, know, yes you, know, you
0: as well. know
2: absolutely
0: um so see share yeah. the social media business with the wonderful folks here on twitch and in podcast land
2: please. all right well social media business as started by ryan mccaffrey yes uh so uh spawn on me is the place all your social media platforms find us there if you want to follow us individually you can check the bio. All of our information is right there. Spawnon.me. That is the website where you can find this episode, our archives, and everything that's uh, coming up in, in exciting and new in Uh This show is on every Thursday on twitch.tv spawnonme. Time will be determined probably 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern uh, going forward. But uh, but check Check the Twitters. That's where we'll have all that information. If you miss the show on Twitch, check it out every Tuesday on your favorite pie catcher. If it's a place where you can rate and review, please do so. Remember to subscribe. And, of course, tell your friends. And if you want to level up your Bracago residency, you can go to patreon.com slash spawn on me. Like Brian said, donate as little as a dollar a month. You can do five bucks because five bucks is awesome. Uh, But if you do as little as a dollar a month, you get access to our bonus show, Spawn on Me After Dark, uh, where we'll be talking about lots of things, uh, probably James Dolan, real soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And if you have a question, comment, or thought that goes beyond whatever Twitter's character limit is, you could do it in the form of email at Spawn on Me Podcasts at gmail.com as always we want to thank you all for hanging out with us
0: here in Chicago. thank you ryan again for coming through thanks, it has ryan. been everything we were hoping for and more thanks for uh, having again, me you are always always welcome to sit in the fourth chair and come hang out with us anytime you want uh everybody home listening on uh, listening to the show thank you so much for coming and hanging out uh we have one editor's note i'm going to drop a bomb on the show I have a new project that's coming out on Monday at noon. We hope this will already be out. But everybody on Twitch, I have a new project that's coming out called This Is Dope, a new YouTube show that I'm going to be doing. that's going to be all about having fun and talking about cool stuff. Uh, So make sure you check that out. And you'll have all the stuff on Twitter on Monday at noon if you're already watching the Twitch show. So check that stuff out. We'll be sharing all that stuff out in the futures and all that good stuff so until then thank you so much for coming and hanging out this week and coming out every week and we will say peace
4: peace, peace.